Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast. Today is a special edition, the coronavirus special, and today's program is titled Viral Thriving, Staying Grounded in Difficult Times. This is the hot topic of the day, obviously, and Craig and I are gonna be sharing ideas today on a different way to navigate this pandemic, particularly with an emphasis on minimizing the impact that it has on us personally and emotionally. The reality is this is unprecedented times. None of us have dealt with anything like this before, and it's easy to feel like the entire world is out of control. Today's program, we're going to share with you ways to feel more in control. We're going to share ideas on how you can shift your perspectives and change the reality around you. We're going to talk about the secret sauce, the secret sauce of presence, and the way that that can help minimize or even eliminate stress and fear and uncertainty around you. The world has changed overnight, and there is an impact. This program today is gonna share some ideas with you that you can minimize that impact, and instead of just focusing on surviving it, figure out how to thrive in it by staying connected, by seizing the new opportunities in front of us, and by looking at things differently. podcast where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. This program today with Craig Matthews and I is called Viral Thriving, Staying Grounded in Difficult Times. And really, this came about because we all know that we're living in unique times right now. We'll talk more unprecedented times. And we also know that virtually everyone on the planet, certainly in the United States, is struggling in different ways to adapt, navigate, live with, live through the coronavirus. And we realize that there's so much stress, so much fear, so much uncertainty going on that in addition to the programs on leadership and selling that can have, you know, can lean more towards the corporate and the business world, I really want to do a video and share some ideas and perspectives on how to navigate this personally, because we certainly are in interesting times. Yeah. And as we look at that, we're really faced with two different pandemics. We have the coronavirus itself, but the the second pandemic of fear. And it's rampant. We see it all the time, you know, whether it's people looking at somebody and saying, "Oh no, you know, they might have something or just what's going on in our minds about the economic impact as well as the health risks." There's there's definitely fear out there. And we don't want to belittle that at all. We're not trying to say, you know, "Oh, don't be worried about this, you know, uh the the sky's not falling." Uh, this is this is different than anything we've ever experienced. I mean, I'm I'm in North Carolina. I'm used to seeing hurricanes come through, and during a hurricane coming through, we lose access to things like power and internet and stuff like that. But here, we have access to all of these resources. It's just we can't go to work in the in the way that we typically have done, and going and meet, being around other people. So it has changed things. Well, and if those of you who have already been um, been online with us this week for the leadership and selling programs. You know, you heard us talk about an organization called Cartavera that Craig and I are founding. 
And the reason I mention that is because Cartavera is about impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also mentioned our podcast, Impact Leadership Podcast, that is about to launch. And this is an interesting conversation today because we are talking about impact, but we're really talking about how do we minimize the impact <laughs> on these things that are happening around us. Right. And therefore, we have a, an impact. But in this case, we're looking at how can we minimize the impact that the virus, the uncertainty, um, there's certainly financial impact, health risk, all these things and help each one of you just navigate it differently. And as Craig said, not minimizing it, but also being clear, as we'll talk later, what's really going on and what do we create around what's going on? Right. There's, there's often multiple perspectives on that. And I think one of the ways that we can look at this is let's understand what the worst case is. When we look at the worst case, then we stare it in the face and we say, okay, this is as bad as it can get. Unfortunately, yes, this has resulted in deaths to this state. It's three times what we had in 9-11 worldwide. But there's also some hope in there in the sense that, yes, it is spreading, but it doesn't affect everybody the same way. There, there are some people that are going to be less susceptible to getting hit by it and some that are more. And I have, I'm very aware of this. My son has asthma. My parents are 90, 90 and 81, and I'm concerned for them. Um, I'm not as concerned for myself being in the health that I'm in, but I'm also taking precautions and, you know, self-isolating, doing whatever I need to do and being reasonable about the types of activities that I, that I go through. And I'm also looking at how do I leverage technology and some of the other things so that I can minimize the impact on other people if I happen to be carrying something. And, and make no mistake about it. You know, we all realize now that, and I hope you realize this is unprecedented, yeah. So each one of you is dealing with a scenario that you've never dealt with before. And, and that includes Craig and I, yeah. you know, we all have different tools. Today's program is designed to give you some additional tools and perspectives, but in the history of this country, pretty much there's no one alive today who was an adult who experienced anything like this. You look at yeah. a very short period of time. We have, you know, we started with events getting canceled. Then we had school closings talk of the schools might not open again this year. Um, in some states, they're already talking about that. We have, you know, bars and restaurants shut down, libraries closed, anything where people are gathering. And so, you know, we've, we talk about the new phrase now called social distancing. And we've had really an abrupt separation that's happening. Yeah, and absolutely. that has an emotional impact on it as well. So part of what we're going to talk about today is not ignoring the emotions and not trying to dismiss them, but how can we navigate them differently and maybe diminish some of them? So recognize them, but navigate them differently. Yeah. And we don't know how long it's going to take to, the, to resolve. It could be, you know, two weeks from now, the, the government may decide, okay, we need to just go ahead and resume as normal. We're seeing that the impact is not as severe as it is, or it could take a lot longer. We just don't know. And so there, there's, because of the uncertainty, a lot of people, I think Jeff often talks about the, the whole issue of a time machine and whether you're present or not. And, you know, are we looking in the future and, and getting stressed over things that haven't even occurred yet because we're anticipating pain or fear or something in the future. And so we'll, we'll talk about being present, but I think as we look at the impact of this, Yes, we need to be taking care of ourselves from the health standpoint and our families, but also those that we work with and those who are around us and just take decent precautions. 
Um, it is a respiratory issue. Immune deficiencies and age all play into people at higher risk. So if you're in one of those categories and you know some people like that, please take extra caution. We're, we're not suggesting that you just, you know, fly out willy-nilly and do whatever you want. However, I would say some good things that you can do that probably would not put you at risk. Go take a walk. I don't know if the virus is just hanging out outside. And so go take a walk and, and get some fresh air. Feel good. You know, get some, get some uh, energy up in your body. That's going to help a lot. But as we look at some of the impacts that we've had, we look at things like toilet paper. All right. So people, some people are responding in such fear that they say, I, I want to take care of myself. I want to take care of myself. I'm going to go hoard, get as much toilet paper as I can, get all these other things. Acetaminophen is flying on the sh off the shelves now because there's a report out about that. Anytime they report something new, people are grabbing as much as they can for themselves. And I think as, as we look at this and say, okay, let's just buy what we need. Um, at some point, the supplies will continue to come back in. We can also consider how we may be able to help others. If we have a large supply of something, offer to help, you know, those around. You know, maybe it's family members, maybe it's your next door neighbor, whatever that is. Um, just think about how we can be of service to others and be in a helpful place so that we can maybe lessen the, the uh, painful impact for others and maybe help to improve our own sense of uh, well-being. Yeah, because as, as Craig pointed out, one of the, just first of all, we can let's be gentle with ourselves <laughs> yes. in terms of self care, but also, you know, we can beat ourselves up by the things that are going on around us. Yep. So the gentleness is to say, look, some of our reactions are very natural. So, for yep. example, I don't believe that most of the people that are going out buying large quantities are doing it because they're bad people. <laughs> right. It's fear driven. You know, someone goes to the store and and I've heard of these cases. They go to the store to buy their 24-pack because that's what they always buy. That's what they need, but the shelf is empty or there's only a, there's a six-pack. So they say, oh, my God, I don't have what I need. So they go and find a store with toilet paper, and now they buy a trunk load. Not because they were thinking ill will, but they're, inside their brain said, I can't get what I normally need, so I need to get more. That's fear-driven. And a lot of times we just don't realize how the fear is showing up. And I have heard of a number of stories, personal stories around people in my life. For example, I, I know a friend of mine who went to the hospital really believing she had coronavirus. And it put a burden on the hospital and the hospital came back and said, you're just having an anxiety attack. Hmm. Wow. This is a very grounded person, normally very grounded, smart, intelligent, logical, all these things. Yeah. But because of the anxiety, felt pressure on her chest. So she said, oh, I've got a respiratory issue. Well, that creates a burden. I have health, I have health uh, care professional friends who are saying people are coming into the hospital without even having the symptoms, demanding the test. That's putting a burden. And right now, most of the measures that are being taken are designed to not overwhelm the health system. Right. But a lot of our stress is overwhelming the health system and I'm not suggesting we don't get care and look out for ourselves, but just pause a moment to ask ourselves, is that really what's going on right now? Or am I in a fear state? Because the more you're aware you're in fear, the better decisions you can make. That's all we're offering. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and there are multiple perspectives on things. I mean, 
some, some will be impacted, uh, some will be just fine, but ultimately it comes down to you have control over one thing and that's you. It's not that you have control over your children, your coworkers, anything else. You have control over you. And to the degree that you take control of your response to things and become responsible to be able to react proactively rather than just reactively to, to check when you're, when you're making a decision and your heart is fluttering and you're saying, oh my gosh, I got to do this. Just take a pause, step back, take a deep breath and just say, okay, why am I responding this way? What's at the base of this, of this reaction? And just realize that you, you do have control over yourself. You control your mind and your mind controls your body. And I think that's a, such a great point, Craig, because we live, let's face it, we live in a culture of a couple things that have been abruptly impacted and disrupted in the last two weeks. Yeah. One is the belief that we have a lot of control. Yeah. Most of us, let's admit it, we are natural controllers and we think <laughs> we control everything about us. Yeah. And now suddenly everything's out of control. Well, the reality is we never really controlled that. <laughs> and we can, what we control, as Craig said, is I control me. Now, I may have an impact. The closest impact is probably on my children. If they're young enough, I can help them make choices. But I have control over me. So I look at situations like this. What can I do? What, how can I think? How can I think differently? How can I help? And it was important for me. I will admit I had a blind spot. For about a week, I realized without knowing it that I was very self-focused in this way. I'm, I happen to be at the edge of the risk factor. I'm 60 years old. I'm very healthy. So I didn't consider myself a risk. So I was doing things saying, I'm okay. And here it was, if I get coronavirus, it's not going to kill me. That's what I believe. And it's probably true. But what I wasn't thinking about is who might I infect if I happen to contract it? Yeah. And so I said, wow, Jeff, you were thinking about yourself. And I see a lot of that happening right now. People saying, I can do this. And this is one of the shifts we want to offer. I can do this and I'm okay or will be okay. But that doesn't mean you should do it or it's the yeah. right thing to do. It's a really good point. That was a big shift for me going from, can I do this in a good way to, is it really make sense for me to do this even in a good way because of the impact I might have on others. Yeah, and that's really important. I, oftentimes, we don't always think about what are the ramifications of our decisions. We just think, okay, we're going to just make decisions the way we've always made them, and I go get what I want or what I, what I feel like I need from the store. Not quite the same that way. And so now we're kind of thinking, okay, let's, let's hunker down. Let's prepare for the worst. But we don't really need to do that quite in the same way. We need to be thinking a little bit differently about what is that impact. And I'm going to say one of the biggest tools that you have that most people don't use because we're so caught up in appearing like we're, we got it all together is asking for help. And when we ask for help, that's one of those things. It, it makes us vulnerable because if somebody says, no, oh my gosh, you know, they don't love me. They, they don't care enough about me to help me or something like that. But just asking for help right now, I would guess you're going to get a much quicker and better response than almost any other time because we're all in this together. Yeah. And I think that's a great, that's such a great point, Craig, because I speak a lot, as you know, and 
this is a topic I talk about often. I'll ask the audience, how many of you are great at helping others? Yeah. And, you know, almost all the hands go up. And, you know, <laughs> some of them probably are not telling the truth, but right. it's okay. But, you know, they all want to think they're good at helping and probably are. But then I'll turn it around and say, how many of you are great at asking for help? Ooh. Yeah. You, you, might, you might get 5%. So we all know that we struggle with it and we know where it comes from. It comes from us. It's a cultural lie that says somehow asking for help demonstrates weakness. Yeah, right. And I think right now, another way to think about that is part of our language, I think right now, too much of it is, what am I going to do? I have to figure this out versus what are we going to do and how can we work on things together? You know, Craig yeah. and I shared this in our leadership webinar this week about, you know, inviting organizations to come together and try and solve these things, you know, but there's so many, uh, there's so much isolationism that can happen when we get afraid. That's what happens because when yeah. we're afraid, we, we close up and say, I got to start scanning and I got to take care of me. And I miss the opportunities to help others and to ask for help. Yeah. You know, it was awesome though. I saw it on Facebook this week. I, I was surprised I haven't seen more, which is my issue here. A friend of mine posted, she could not get toilet paper anywhere. Said, can anybody help out? And suddenly she had a couple people <laughs> said, yeah, I can help you out. But are we asking that or are we hesitating because yeah. we're either afraid to ask, we think it's weak, or we don't want people to know that we don't have all this stuff. And you know, Craig touched on it, and it was the second point I was going to hit on. We have a culture here in this country that we get what we want when we want it. Yeah. And that got that hose got turned off. I mean, it's funny <laughs> how our brains are. You know, I was thinking about, I, I've never had this, thank God, you know, the idea of a phantom limb. Oh, yeah. And I think that's going on right now. I find myself saying, you know what, I think I'll just run out to dinner. <laughs> you know what? How about if we just go down to the bar and have a drink? Oh, wait, no. Or I said to someone this week, they were struggling with home, you know, homeschooling with their kids. And I said, well, you know, the library is a quiet place to work. Jeff, the libraries are closed. And so my brain hasn't even caught up. And I right. suspect a lot of that's true for you listening, that your brain hasn't caught up. And what happens is not only does it have to adjust, but when you encounter, that's abrupt to me. Oh my gosh, it's closed that can bring me back to fear if I don't pay attention to it. One of the points that Jeff made there was really related to how we cannot go out to restaurants and go to the dining rooms, but I'm going to encourage you to get delivery, go to the restaurants and get takeout, do whatever you can to support whatever economy we can so that we can help people. And as we are spending money, it's essentially like giving because we're, we're, getting out there and we're doing something intentionally for other people that serves us. Absolutely. But it's something that helps to keep the economy going. And it's really of service to the entire community as we go along. God, Craig, Craig, thank you for that reminder because I was missing that. I was missing that. And because I, in my mind, I go out to eat often because it's simple, but it also gives me that experience of eating out. Right. And so a lot of times I don't do a lot of takeout because that makes it a little easier, but I don't get the experience and it can go through my head to say, well, why would I spend the money to eat out when I have food at home? If it's going to be carry out. Yeah. But I was actually went out and picked up some food for someone last night, helped out 
And I don't know if it's true or not, but man, I'll tell you, the folks there seem really grateful that I was there. Yeah. And I thought as I walked out, wow, I bet they are because they don't have people coming in here anymore. They must be thrilled when someone orders out. So that's a great reminder, Craig, for me. That, that's my takeaway from this conversation already is <laughs> to continue to keep my, you know, keep scanning for ways I can help, even if I don't know these people. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that stepped up is there are some companies that have done some really good things. Like, for example, the YMCA, I'm a member of the Y, and I'm, I'm there five, six days a week playing sports, you know, whether it's volleyball or something like that. They've shut down all those sports. I can't go to the gym, which is fine. I'm, I totally understand why they did that. But here's the thing. The Y, I just got an email yesterday or today. It said, thank you for being here with us. By the way, this is what we're doing to support the community. Instead of closing down our facilities, we're taking care of health, of taking care of the child, children of people who are healthcare workers and first line defenders and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, okay, what a great organizational mission. They're, they're staying true to the mission. They're serving the community. They're using the assets they have, the facilities, the people, it allows the people to, to continue to work and make money. And it's helping people that are out there serving the rest of the community. Awesome, awesome job. And I, I like it. to see things like that. But I also, there's a company called Grubhub, which does a lot of the deliveries of restaurants. So you can call Grubhub and they'll go out and do things. They put it out a notice that they're going to suspend all of their commissions for a while so that they can take care of the restaurants that basically take care of them. So that's a, a way of kind of looking forward and saying, okay, well, if our restaurants aren't doing well, we're not going to be doing well. And we're going to serve them by just eliminating that, that revenue stream for us for, a t for at least a period of time so that they can function well. And I think that that's, that's a really good sign. So Craig, you just hit on something that I'm not sure you and I haven't even talked about before on this, that you talked about the why yeah. And, you know, they're, they're shifting their priorities and they shared it. And I love that. But here's the thing to think about. As a culture that loves to be in control, right now, let's face it, we feel largely out of control. Yeah. And But here's the cool part. The best way to combat that and to navigate that is to get into action around the things you do control. Because yeah. right now what's happening is too many of us, I think, are focusing on what we can't do. Mm -hmm. instead of what we can do. So anything you can do that says to yourself, hey, you know what? I still control this. You know, that example of going out and ordering the food. I can't go to the restaurant. I really want to go to the restaurant. But what can I do that demonstrates I've still got control? Because that's what counters the voice of all this stuff out here. I'm out of control. This is all happening to me. Wait a minute. No, this is all happening. Notice how I didn't add to me. Because here's the thing I want you to know, and it's, it's in here. This isn't about you. Yeah. This coronavirus didn't show up to do damage to you. Yep. It, it wasn't something that there's nothing personal in this, but it has personal impact. So get into action. Figure, like Craig said, he brought up earlier, go for a walk. I can't go to the Y and, and work out, but you know what? I can go for a walk every day. Or you know what, I'm working from home, so during lunch, I'm going to go for a walk instead of just sitting and having lunch. Yeah. Because I can still do that. And I, that tells, reminds your brain, it's good for us, it, you know, lets us breathe, but it also reminds us, hey, I can do this. This hasn't been taken away. So yeah. do the things that you still have. Well, and 
kudos to you, Jeff. I think, you know, what you're talking about, yes, we kind of have talked about it because when you, when you called me on Saturday and you said, you know, this is bubbling up for me. I think we need to do something around coronavirus. I said, you're absolutely right. What a great idea. And this was something that we could do. This was something that we could do for our community, for our networks, for, you know, whoever out there is listening. So thank you for listening to this. Hopefully it's been being beneficial to you. And as I, as I kind of look at how this impacts me personally or you personally, I really look at how can we manage our state, our state of mind, our state of being. And there are a few different tricks that are maybe not tricks, but things that I've developed into my routines and the, the standard things that I do on a daily basis to manage my energy, to manage my, my attitude and my perspective on things. And I will say, I go for long walks in the morning. One of the first things I do is I get out, I go for a walk. I do something that I call life scripting. It's, it's basically, I'm, I'm saying phrases that are- Hang on, Craig, you're not walking mindset. naked, are you? I'm not walking naked, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I just want to make sure that stripping wasn't walking there. Okay. No, no. And so, no, life scripting. Oh, scripting. <laughs> not life scripting. Okay. I thought you said life scripting. I really did. Yeah, no, no. Um, but the other thing is part of that time, I, I got a lot out of Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning. And if you haven't read it, highly, highly recommend it. My wife started reading it and she's like, oh, Craig, this is really good. I listened to it. I was like, awesome. And that's kind of what started my morning routine in the way that it is. And one of the key aspects of that is, for me, gratitude and giving love. So during my walks, I'm actually thinking about who, who matters to me. And I'm kind of just thinking about them in a positive way, wishing them well. That's one part of it. The other thing is I'm just grateful to God, universe, whatever you want to call it. I would call it God. And it's great gratitude for my family, for whatever's going on, for my health, you name it. The fact that our community can come together. And the more that we are in gratitude, it takes the focus off of the woe is me. It allows us to get into a state of positive expectancy, and it really does change our energy. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartevera. Cartevera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartevera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartevera.com. Welcome back. I love that, Craig. And I know that gratitude, you know, is an important process and approach for both of us. And another one I want to offer to you, back to something we control is, <laughs> control and pay attention to, to, I'm going to call it in big air quotes, the information you're accessing around what's happening. Yeah. Because, and be careful what you share about it. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to use a word, hype. That doesn't mean that everything out there is hype, but here's what I will tell you. Everything out there is not true. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and, and most of us will not be able to discern the difference because we don't have enough information. So I've made a conscious decision. And actually, this goes back years. I really stopped paying attention to the news after 9-11 because I realized how much it was manipulating my thinking. Yeah. Whether that's conscious or unconscious, it was happening. So right now, 
I, re- I limit my exposure to the news because I want to be up to date in order to, to take care of my, fram- my friends and family, to make some good business decisions, and to have information to share, like these webinars this week and this video. But at the same time, I can tell you I am not overindulging in this because let's face it, there's very little uplifting news, at least the way it's presented. And I can, this is a way I can manage my emotions and remember that, yeah, what's information, what's hype, what's the story. And, and I want to emphasize the sharing. I have had too many people walking around. They've done it to me. They said, hey, did you hear this? I was traveling this past, uh, until two days ago, I was traveling for eight days. So I was on the road in the midst of all of this. And I was fine with it. And I was just hopeful that the airports wouldn't get shut down. But people would come up to me and say, hey, did you hear they're closing the airports? Well, I haven't really heard that other than it was a possibility if they consider everything. But they told me like it was on the news. So people hear things. And well, I'm going to just be blunt here. When you share information with others that's not an absolute fact, it's not only irresponsible, I think it's dangerous. Absolutely. Because totally agree. you're contributing to the uncertainty and doubt, and all of that doesn't make us better. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Preparing for what hasn't happened and may never happen is not good preparation, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it was interesting. I, uh, earlier, I was talking to my wife, um, and she, I said, so how are things going with the school? you know, have you heard anything else? She's like, no, I haven't heard anything in the last day. And I have closed myself off from all the emails and everything else that's going on at school. I said, really, why? She's like, well, if it doesn't make me anxious, it's going to make me angry. I'm like, oh, Oh, I love that. Say that again, Craig. If it doesn't make me anxious, it's going to make me angry because it's all these people talking about the hype and talking about the negativity and woe is me and every, you know, the world, the sky is falling. We don't need to be in that place. Control yourself grow up a little bit, right? Take control of yourself and your emotions because you are impacting those around you. I cannot stress that enough. Man, I love that. I love that, Craig. That was so, that was so well said because, and I want to reemphasize that, it's not about controlling our emotions so we don't feel, but paying attention to them so that we can navigate them differently and not put them onto everybody else. Right. Because if you're afraid and you don't pay attention, you're going to put that fear on everyone else. And in fact, what we do unconsciously is we try and make others afraid. And that's our second pandemic. We talked about the coronavirus being one pandemic and fear being the other. We don't need to, we can stop the, the spread of the second one. Exactly. Because fear wants to be around other people who are afraid. Right. That's what happens. It attracts fear. Yep. And, and I, you know, this concept of hype, I want to actually talk about a concept of truth. And truth oh, is yeah. a dangerous term. Uh, I know that. I, you know, um, it's something that I talk about a lot. But I know that it's, you know, and I'm a believer in perceptions. But let me give you a reshape or a reframe here. So one of those bits of hype that's out there, someone told me they had heard on the radio that someone, remember, someone, so one person did this, <laughs> someone, look at my finger, some one person was recommending that you have two months supply of food at home. And I thought, that doesn't, I don't know that I've heard that. 
the person who shared it with me, I said, so what are you going to do about that? I said, well, I don't have two months of food. They were, they were very afraid. They said, I don't have two months of food at home. And I said, is that true? They said, absolutely, that's true. And I said, no, it's not true at all. They said, how do you know? You've not been in my cupboards. I said, what you're telling me is what might be true is you don't have two months worth of food at home if you eat the way you always do. Right. That kind of fear mongering is something that we really need to be careful of. Do you think that the rest, that the, all the restaurants are going to close down, that all of the grocery stores are going to close down? I, it's so minuscule possibility. I just don't even think about it. And yet some people are acting based on that. They're going to, they're going to hoard. They're going to take care of anything that they can. Now I understand taking care of your family. Totally get that. You got to take care of your family. You got to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of somebody else. It's just like the oxygen mask dropping down when you're in flight, right? If you don't take care of yourself first, you're not going to be conscious to take care of your, your child. So we do need to take care of ourselves. And it's important that we do that. And as Jeff mentioned earlier, you want to be gentle with yourself. Give yourself some space. If you need to breathe, if you need to take a break, do that, right? Go for a short walk. Get out in nature. Oh, my gosh, how much of a, of a reset is that when we do that? Go, I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm, I live in a place where I have a golf course on one side and I have a lake on the other. So, I, I have a great place for walking. If I get outside, it just resets my mind. I'm like, oh. Life is good. Yeah, and so, you know, the thing I want to have us talk about now is, and Craig and I went back and forth about where we were going to talk about it. Uh, for me personally, what we're going to talk about now to me is the secret sauce in this. <laughs> yeah. It's the secret sauce of our personal, the way we navigate this, we stay grounded. And we've referenced the word before, and it's about being present. Yes. And what I want to invite you is to, a lot of us think about being present in terms of with others. And that's an important piece of this. But right now I want to talk about what does it mean to be present in, in the midst of this chaos? Because let's just admit it, there's chaos going on. There is uncertainty. We don't know the end. We don't know the outcome. And I see that presence is the answer because when I'm actually present, I do all the things we've talked about already today. I, I take breaths. I'm in a state of gratitude. I'm looking at what's really going on, not the story around it. Um, you know, I've adopted a concept for myself called itism, I-T-I-S-M. I'm not a pessimist, optimist, or a realist. I'm an itist. And what that means is that I look at situations just for what it is without adding on to the story around it. Because most things, when you do that, all of the, the stress, the pressure, and fear starts to let go because all of those come from what I added to it, right? And so present is, it also means we're minimizing or eliminating time travel and transporting. <laughs> so let me explain what those are. So transporting is, that's often with others where I'm with someone but I'm really somewhere else. I'm thinking about something else. I'm thinking about work or I'm at work thinking about what I have to do at home. So I'm not really there. I'm, I'm literally transporting to another place. But time travel is that I'm not living in this moment. I'm somewhere else. So in this situation right now, most people are time traveling to the future. Yeah. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about two weeks from now. 
I don't know if I'm going to get sick. If someone I love is going to get sick, I don't know if I'm going to die. I don't know if the businesses are going to open. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, all the I don't knows are about the future. <laughs> that tells me I'm not present because when I'm present right here, I, I can look around and say, you know what? The bars and restaurants, bars, I'm in Florida. Bars and nightclubs are closed. Restaurants are down to half space. You're only allowed to fill them to half capacity to create distance. I know what is, but the rest is just here. So, um, and I'm not thinking about, you know, what I did, didn't do two days ago, because <laughs> that's regretting that. That's the time travel. And, you know, I have found that, that the more I can be in the present and I float in and out, that is when I have no stress, no fear, because I cannot be afraid in the present. Hmm. Because I'm only afraid when I'm thinking about the uncertainty of the future, and I bring it into the moment. That's why people say, I'm very present to my fear. Well, you probably <laughs> are, but you're not actually present. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I offer this to you because I really believe, and I've found in my own life, this is the secret sauce. And, and Craig, you know, share some of your thoughts on the impact of presence for you. Yeah, I think one of the things that I would say is definitely listen to Jeff. He's one of the people that I, I look at as somebody who is the most present of many of the people that I know. And I've seen a, a shift in Jeff over the last five years of where he was and then where he was when he came back from Hawaii and then where he was when he came back from the Camino and by the way, he has a book about his, his walk on the Camino called Just One Step that just released. And when I look at, when Jeff and I get together, it's, it's very different than getting together with a lot of other people just because when Jeff and I are together, we're face-to-face, -face, we're, we're focused. We don't have our phones on. We're not distracted by all the other things. We are present in our conversation. It's, it's a two-way street. It's, we're not always saying, okay, well, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? It's being present for that person. And I will say that it is a gift. It is one of the best gifts that we can give to somebody else because it is a gift of our true self. And as Jeff talks about being present, it's, it's something that he has a couple of uh, tools that he would use. What you want to talk about those? Yeah, because presence either, you know, most people I talk to that when they think about presence, they say, oh, that's um, woohoo stuff. <laughs> no, no, this is real. It's based on science. Or they say they think it's this thing that's impossible to get to. It is certainly challenging. And what I want to offer you now is a couple simple steps to help you get present. Because, I, and the reason is so important that when you're actually present, all this fades away. It's still happening around you, yeah. but it's not having an emotional impact on you. And that's what we're here today to help you with is that, that emotional impact. So the first step we've referenced it earlier is to take a breath. But in this case, it's an intentional breath. Now, I have friends who have dedicated years to training in this. We don't even need to go to that level. What I'm offering is that when you stop and whatever's going on around you and you just stop and just pause and say, I'm going to take a breath and you breathe in deeply and they say, you know, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. But that act of an intentional breath on purpose, it required you to be present to do that. Yeah. Now, the key then is to stay there, but a lot of our reactions to things would be changed if we could just have that pause 
and take a breath. So let me interject something there, Jeff, as you're talking about the breath. I I studied under Grandmaster Tai, who was the person that was asked to replace Bruce Lee after Bruce Lee died. Grandmaster Tai is like 18th level uh, Grandmaster in Kung Fu and Qigong. And Qigong is uh, basically energy through your body. But the, the deal with what he was talking about was breath is the core to almost everything that we do to managing our energy. And if you're stressed, take 36 breaths. You know, if, if you breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, do that 36 times, stress is gone. I, I love that. And it, it's simple, right? Now, again, the key is to stay there. But what I think you're going to find is, because I found it is the more present you are, the more you enjoy being present. And you're going to find it easier to get there because you go, that's where I want to hang out. Yes. That's the cool space. I'm not stressed. I'm not afraid. I'm just present. I'm, I'm where I, I'm right here where I am and I'm loving on the people in front of me or focusing on the project in front of me. And it's free and you don't have to go to some corner to, to get that drug. It's a great drug. <laughs> so here's the, here's the second piece. And it's a question and it's three words. At any point in your day, All you have to do is ask yourself, am I present? Hmm. First of all, you had to get present to ask it. And as soon as you ask yourself, and do it out loud, by the way, don't let your head trick you. Just say out loud, am I present? Boom. You just got present. Guaranteed. (laughs) And I don't offer a lot of guarantees, but that's a guarantee. When you say, am I present? Boom, you're present. Now the question is, are you going to stay there? But you will find that whatever was going on, the stress, it'll fall away very fast just from asking the question. So we and should have a sticky you, note or something like that to remind us? I think a sticky note, put a reminder on your phone. Um, but Scroll that's it on your arm. A certain schedule, some <laughs> sort of alarm. You know, get a tattoo. Yeah. My present. Uh, maybe that's a good one. Am I present? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you ought to come up with a new wrist, uh, a new bracelet for that one, Jeff. Uh, well, there's probably a bunch out there. I do have yeah. one called present. Yeah. Be present. And I know, you know, Craig alluded to the book I have that just came out just one step and there's a whole chapter on presence and it's partly about how to get there, but it's really about what the gift of presence is to others. Mm. Because when I'm present with others, I give them the greatest gift possible, which is in that moment, they're the most important person in the world while I'm present with them. Um, And it also gives myself this great gift. It takes me to this state of no stress, no fear. I call it the space of being unstoppable. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything around me changed, but I changed. And I deeply believe this, that when we transform ourselves, we transform everything around us. Yes. And I also believe, I think Wayne Dyer was one of the many who have said this, when we change how we see things around us, everything around us immediately changes. (laughs) <laughs> so there's a good analogy on that or a good story around that where somebody uh, was taking a walk. He was going from one, one town to the next and you know, back in whatever times. And the, there was somebody coming the other way and he's like, so tell me about the, the town up ahead. Are they, are they you know, good people? Are they going to take care of you or are they really mean or what? And, and the other person said, well, tell me, what was, the, what was the town like back there? Oh, they were really mean. They wouldn't accept me. I, you know, they, they just kind of kicked me out. He's like, I think you'll find the same thing down this way. Oh my God. And yeah, now I always wondered, did they get it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Did they get that? Huh? Right. What is it? They think, is there two bad towns in a row? 
Yeah, right. Well, I think one of the things is there are opportunities right now that are unprecedented in in this world. And we look at it and yes, there are a lot of people that are negatively impacted by this economically, health-wise and otherwise. It doesn't mean that we have to just accept our fate and, and accept that we are going to have to scale back. In fact, I would say now is the time to scale up. Now is the time to get more creative than you've ever gotten, to learn as much as you possibly can about this changing world, learn to use technology, learn to use tools like what we're using here to record this, which is Zoom. Jeff and I have done a a few different webinars on how to use Zoom to, to actually bolster your business. If you're out For example, if you're out uh, going to do a speech and you can't do that anymore, well, why not do a webinar and still give the same content and still be in front of that audience, even if you don't get your full fee. But there are some ways that we can get really creative and create more opportunity through this. We're going to be sharing uh, another little bit in, uh, in our podcast, the Impact Leadership Podcast, from a, an interview with Mark LeBlanc and how he talks about in during 9-11 or right after 9-11 and during the 2008 depression or recession, he actually had more business than he's ever had. And what I'm experiencing right now as a digital marketing strategist and business strategist is I've seen more business in the last couple of weeks than I have in a couple months before that. Yeah. And there's so many things. So the phrase to keep in mind is what are the opportunities? Yeah. And here's the reality. You get to decide what you look at. Absolutely. That, that is the most important choice you have is you get to choose what you see. When someone says this is just true, I said, no, it's not. What no. do you see? So, you know, you get to decide, are you going to see that the maybe depending on your city, if you're in, uh, you know, I'm here in Florida, bars and nightclubs are closed. I can see that. The restaurants are only allowed to have half capacity. I can see what's not there. or I can say, wow, I still have food here. And this is part of the gratitude. The grocery store, it has less food than normal. But you know what? There's still food there. Yeah. And, and I can still do carry out. So you get to choose what you see. <laughs> and part of the opportunity here is, and I can't overemphasize this, is the co- coronavirus is creating outcomes of separation. Yeah. So the offer is to stay connected in the space, safe space of the distancing. Because the distancing is about our health, but what are about our emotional health? The, you know, get on the phone with your friends. And you know what? Get on a Zoom call with them. Yes. The phone is great. Look them in the eye through Zoom. Use the technology to stay connected and yeah. stay connected with yourself. As Craig talked about, go for a walk. You know, turn off the TV. The TV is an easy solution right now, but that's an isolationist Yeah, response. and I just, I just did that last night. We, uh, so my wife... It was here in, in my two sons. One of them lives in town and the other one was at Princeton. And of course, Princeton's closed. So he's here at home. And uh, we just played Risk last night. So we, we played a game instead of sitting in front of the TV, watching a movie or doing something else. And I cooked for everybody. And so it was, you know, right now I'm kind of thinking, oh boy, this is some time to get creative in learning some new cuisines that I can create. And I, I was just thinking as Jeff was talking about that, think about how you can make it fun. I mean, think about Chopped. You know, if you've ever watched the TV show Chopped, they give you this basket of really crazy ingredients and you have to make something out of it. Well, if you don't have much left in your cupboard, do a Chopped episode, right? <laughs> Just figure out how do you get creative about what's, what you already have and say, hey, let's have some fun with this. 
Yeah, and I, I know I shared this on one of the webinars this week. It just popped back in my head. Talk about having fun and just doing it differently. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock, <laughs> I am going to be going to a happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> Virtually. I love Bring your own. I'm bummed that I didn't think about it. But some friends of mine in Cleveland, Ohio, invited me to this. It's going to be on Zoom. It's BYOB. <laughs> and just sit in front of your Zoom. By the way, some of you don't know this. Zoom has something called breakout rooms. Yeah. You can go off and have a private conversation with someone in a breakout room. Oh, my. Just like you would if you were out to dinner or to bar. So we're going to have a happy hour virtually. Yes. And the awesome. only thing that will be different is the physical space. I yeah. miss my friends. I yeah. love the physical space. I'm a hugger. Craig's yeah. a hugger. But you know what? We can do almost everything we did before. We just got to do it differently. And that allows us to feel more in control yeah. and to, to see, to focus on the things we still have versus the things we don't. Absolutely. And I, I think that's great that you're going to have the happy hour. I've, I've heard of other people doing the same type of thing. Somebody's creating a virtual summit. And then after that, she's going to have happy hours where you get to meet some of the, some of the speakers and things like that. Um, but there's just, there's tons of room for creativity. And I'd say right now, let's get more resourceful. Let's get more creative. Let's take off some of the blinders and say, okay, we've always done business this way, or we've always run our lives this way. Now's a great time to experiment and try something new. And the last thing I will share for my thought for today is I've shared in all the webinars this week, hang on tight to your humanity yes. and the humanity for others. Yeah. It's very easy right now to get cold, to isolate, and to stop thinking about human lives and human love. Or to blame. To focus on our needs. Keep strong hold on your humanity. Yeah. You know, be there for other people. Maybe it even takes a risk. I, I had a situation this past week while I was traveling with someone that heard me speak. We got very emotional about where she's at in her life. And she asked me for a hug. And I hope everybody on the planet would have said yes the way I did. But I wonder how many people would have said no because I don't know. I take care of ourselves, do the right thing, be discerning. But you know what? Sometimes everybody needs to be hugged. Absolutely. Well, we all need hugs. No, <laughs> no doubt about that. But I think that's so good. Um, so as we, as we close this, just think about, you know, how can we be more humane? How can we just live life even more fully and in, in just differently? You know, and it's, it may be a new normal. I don't know. We don't know what the ramifications are, but we don't have to worry about that. Right now, we have so many opportunities. We have so much access to resources right now that it allows us to experiment and have some fun and do some things differently and spend time with people that we haven't spent time with recently because we've been so busy doing something else. And now we can be more present for them. Instead of spending 10 hours a week playing volleyball, hey, I can spend some time with the family or I can create a webinar series like this with Jeff. Whatever that is, we can get creative. We can have fun. I'd say now is a great time to learn a new skill, to try something new, to learn, to, to love and to matter. So and remember with, what Craig told you, the safest place right now is outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my interpretation. <laughs> well, I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. 
just don't be in a crowd of a hundred outside together. Right, right. You can still go to the park. You know, I mean, there's the all park. that space in between you. In fact, I challenge you. One of the things that was really interesting about uh, just thinking about the universe around us is look at a bush or a tree or something like that or some flowers and realize that the majority of what's there is the space in between the items. And when you really get into that, it's, it, you know, little, little uh, out there for some, but it's like, wow, there is so much space in between things. And that's what actually holds everything together. So realizing that we don't want to be right next to somebody, we can still, you know, high five from a, from 10 feet away or <laughs> whatever it is, just get fun with it. Right. So as we're, as we're closing down, I want to, suggest that let's continue to have this conversation. Jeff and I want to be here, be of service and continue the conversation any way we can. If we can be of service to you, fantastic. We're going to suggest going out to the Cartavera Facebook group and just putting some comments out there. If you have some questions, if you have some thoughts about how to, how to do things, if you have a way of helping others, maybe you have a creative solution or something new that you're doing or just want to share a really neat story fantastic place for that. Go to the Cartavera uh, website or go to the Cartavera Facebook group and it's Cartavera, C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A, cartavera.com. And we'll be there for you. And also make sure to keep an eye out for the Impact Leadership Podcast. We, there will be um, a podcast coming up, a special edition around this based upon this video. We also are going to share um, ahead of schedule Mark LeBanc's interview with us because he gets so many cool ideas mm -hmm. for yeah. navigating business and life in a different way, in a creative way right now in the midst of the pandemic. So we're, we're, putting, thing, we're putting our foot to the pedal here mm -hmm. with Cartavera and the Impact Leadership Podcast. We're encouraging you to do the same. Yeah. And it may look different and the direction might be slightly different than before and you might be driving a different vehicle in terms of life, but you still got the pedal. It's time to put it down just in a different way. That's right. And just for the Impact Leadership Podcast, we're still waiting on access to Google and I think um, uh, Apple. And so it's not right now on those podcasts, but you can go to impactleadershippodcast.com and you'll see the, the resources there and be able to get access to those podcast episodes even before we get onto Apple and Google. Thanks for being here. And we, we hope that you not only survive this time, but you thrive during this time. And we, we're excited that you're, you were able to join us here. Yeah, stay present. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside.
Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.